0: Today, I want to talk about owning who you truly are. When we acknowledge our true self, there is a freeness that comes with that and a real sense of power. Alternatively, if you're hiding your true self and denying your most authentic self, that causes a lot of internal pain that tends to show up as frustration, agitation, anger, resentment. Here's one of the tricky things about this. If you're not honoring your authentic self and you're not living for your authentic self, you have to be living for someone. And I want to point out here, you might be living for something. Are you living for your TV, your phone, video games? One way or another, if you are not living for you, you are living for something or someone else. So who are you living for? Are you living for your boss and their dreams? Are you living for your spouse? Are you living for your children? What about your parents? Are you still living for your parents? When our authentic self isn't able to point at the direction we're supposed to go, we automatically fall into this hole where we just live for somebody else. And I have children, you know this. And of course, part of my life is living for them. There's a healthy way to do that, though, and an unhealthy way to do that. And I want us today to really take a good look at this And make sure that you are living for you. It is so important that you recognize this if it's happening in your own life and start to reset so that this isn't your reality for the rest of your life. There are a couple of reasons why that is very important. The first one is this type of life leaves you feeling trapped, depressed, anxious, stressed, because it's not fulfilling And it's not your life. One of the problems with this, that is the scariest one, at least to me, is if you're keeping your authentic self down and you're automatically falling into the rut of just living for somebody else, you're probably going to keep falling into the same rut, which means you're going to marry somebody like your parent. You're going to marry somebody who ends up being very similar to your ex. You're going to keep repeating the pattern because that's the rut you're in. This one is the scariest to me because that's the exact situation I found myself in. I had gotten out of an unhealthy home life, and mere months later, I was married in an unhealthy home life. There's a special kind of depression that gets you when you find yourself in the same old story with the same type of people that hurt you the first time. I don't want that for me, and I certainly don't want that for you. What's the other problem with this? If you're living your life for somebody else, you're also playing by their rules. They get to tell you what you do and when you do it and how wrong you're doing things and what you should be doing instead. Put a hand up if we can agree. That's no way to live. If this is the kind of life that you're living, where you're living for somebody else, it's somebody else's rules, it is somebody else's dreams, And your hopes and dreams are buried so far deep inside yourself, you sometimes even forget what they are. What can you do about it? I'm going to tell you what I did and what I teach my clients to do. And I'm excited to share this one because this is one of the things that I have taught you so far that is by far the most fulfilling. Because when you do this, everything becomes possible. So are you ready? First, we're going to be brave. That doesn't mean it doesn't feel scary. It means we're doing it anyway. We are letting what can go right be bigger than what can go wrong. Next, we're going to get curious. We're going to get curious about who you might be and who you might be capable of becoming. And we're going to get curious about what that journey might look like in a beautiful, messy, imperfect way. Now, if you've been listening for a while... You've heard me talk about fear. You've heard me talk about getting curious about yourself, and that's intentional. We've already been practicing these steps, and now we're implementing them in a bigger way. Sound good? The next part of this is something else we've talked about, boundaries. In case you haven't heard me say it before, I'm going to say it again here. Boundaries are nice. They are nice for you, and they are nice for the people you're interacting with. I'm going to take a moment to go a little bit deeper on this one, though, because boundaries is one of those things that you can always learn more about. And even in my own life, I find sometimes that my boundaries aren't exactly where I need them to be. In fact, a lot of times when I see in my own life or with people around me that their boundaries aren't in the right spot, it has a lot to do with a misguided idea of being nice. Now, this isn't something you came up with all on your own. We were all kind of taught this, but it's really unhealthy to our sense of self and our ability to have healthy boundaries. So I want to touch on this real quick. I recently had a conversation with somebody who was very frustrated with their children because they kept ending up having to do the dinner dishes by themselves. And when they were talking to me about this, they kept saying, I don't want to make a big deal of it. I don't want to cause a scene. I'm just trying to be nice. And yet, what would end up happening is that frustration would build up because their boundaries felt pushed and then they would blow up and it would take everybody around them by surprise. And the issue is they were trying to be nice when really they needed to have a consistent boundary. I recently found an area of growth with this myself. I observed that in a group setting, other people were much more inclined to come and interrupt my conversations. To start their own conversation with the person I was speaking to, than they were to do that to other people in the room. And I had to ask why. More specifically, I had to ask, what am I doing that is causing this type of a reaction? And what I realized is my boundary was not in the correct place in this type of a setting. If I'm speaking to one person and I observe somebody else coming into our space wanting to talk with this person, I have the habit of pausing and turning and looking at them, which they are perceiving as an invitation to jump into the conversation. I need to have a boundary there where I do not physically turn towards them or pause my conversation. I do not create that opening for them to disrespect what I'm doing. It's so subtle. We've talked about these before, those silent agreements. If I pause and turn, it is a silent agreement you can cut in. So I hope you can see how important boundaries are. Not just in a sense of I'm cutting you off or you can't come in my house, but in every little interaction that we have, are we silently agreeing to the way they want to treat us? Or do we have a firm and clear boundary in place? And there is always room for improvement and growth here, right? I'm still improving this part of my life. It is a deep-rooted habit we all have to try to be accommodating and nice. So you're being brave, you're getting curious, and you're finding those areas that need boundaries or where your boundaries maybe need to be moved a little bit. Can you see how doing these three things will help create a safe environment for you to start to own who you truly are and embrace your authentic self. This is one of those processes that we can repeat anytime we're ready for the next chapter in our lives. This is the process that I used when I left my marriage. This is the process that I used when I went back to school and started my business, started writing my book. I even used this when I started this podcast. It took me doing it despite the fear. It took me getting curious about who I could be, and what I could share. And it took me establishing some boundaries so that you don't have cats and dogs and children and husband and dishes in the kitchen banging around (laughs) and the dryer going (laughs) in every single recording. So what might this look like for you on your journey? I know it can feel really easy for me to sit here and tell you, be brave. But I want you to remember what I say about fear. Fear is letting what can go wrong be bigger than what can go right. What would you gain if things went right? What would be better? Really take a moment to walk this out in your mind. If things went right, what would you have? Where would you be? What would you be doing? Who would be with you? Can you see how beautiful that is? It's all possible. You just have to take the steps towards it. What would it look like to get curious about who you are? We already know that we are pre-programmed to genuinely like our true selves, so this isn't going to go wrong. What might you discover? What hidden talent and skills lay dormant inside of you just waiting to be discovered? What parts of yourself have you forgotten that you miss? If you were guaranteed to like somebody when you met them, wouldn't you want to meet them? Well, you're guaranteed you're going to like yourself. So get excited about meeting yourself. I want to address something that might be coming up for some of you, and that's the idea that you already don't like yourself. And I want to be really clear, that version of you that you don't like is not the real you. That is all the gunk has piled on top of you and attached to you. That is not you. You are underneath all of that stuff, and you are wonderful, And what would it look like to have boundaries? What would it look like to no longer have your space or your time violated? What would it feel like to no longer have to experience prolonged disrespect? What would it feel like to be seen and heard and taken seriously? These are the things that will shift for you when you take these three steps. And the beautiful part is when you're living your life for you, There's a calmness and a happiness and a sense of peace that goes along with that that can't be replicated any other way. Those feelings you are so used to, frustration, anger, resentment, hate, they all get to go. They don't come with you into your new life when you're living for you. And when you're living for you, you get to reap the benefits. What would it take for you to decide To start honoring your authentic self right now. What would need to happen for you to decide that it's worth it to face the fear, to get curious, and to put up clear, solid boundaries? My goal for you this week is to take some time to really consider if you want to stay where you are or if it feels worth it to start living for yourself. Your self-esteem will thank you if you do this. If you would like to talk to me more about this, you can email me. My email is in the show notes. I am wishing you all the best, and I will talk to you next week. Bye!